Hey guys, if you're an avid listener of Young and Profiting Podcast, I'd like to personally invite you to Yap Society on Slack. It's a community where listeners network and give us feedback on the show, vote on episode titles, chat live with guests, and share your projects with the group. We'd love to have you. Go to bit.ly slash Yap Society. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Yap Society. You can find the link in our show notes. This episode of Yap is sponsored by Fiverr, a marketplace that over 5 million entrepreneurs use to grow their business. I've been using Fiverr for years. In fact, I got the Yap logo made on there, and if you've seen my cool audiograms with animated cartoons, I get those images from Fiverr too. They have affordable services like graphic design, web design, digital marketing, whiteboard explainer videos, programming, video editing, audio editing, and much more. They have over 100,000 talented freelancers to choose from, and it's super affordable. Prices just start at $5. If you're interested to give Fiverr a shot, hit the link in our show notes. And if you'd rather learn how to do these types of services on your own, check out Fiverr Learn, a new platform that provides on-demand professional courses from leading experts. They start at just $20, but what you could learn is priceless. Check out the links in our show notes to learn more. You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and today we're speaking with Jordan Paris. Jordan is the host of a popular podcast, Growth Mindset University, which recently featured me as a guest. He's also a LinkedIn influencer and the author of Growth Mindset University, How to Learn Anything, Take Control of Your Life, and Fulfill Your Vision of Success. He's been published on several platforms like Yahoo Finance and Men's Health, and he's even launched a handful of courses on how to become a rock star podcaster and how to use LinkedIn to make more money. Most impressive of all is that Jordan has accomplished all of this by the tender age of 21. Hey, Jordan, welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast. It's so great to have you on. Hala. It is my pleasure and honor because it's not every day that you get to go on your favorite podcast. So (laughs) I'm really very happy about this. For our listeners who don't know, me and Jordan have become friends. I recently came on his podcast, I would say like about a month ago, right? Yeah, about that. And it was such a great experience. And since then, we've stayed in touch and, you know, just became really good friends. And it's honestly so much fun to be friends with somebody who's so similar and, you know, our day-to-day is so similar. So it's just great to have a connection like that. And I wanted to bring Jordan on and discuss everything he's up to, including his podcast, his book. And that's why he's on the show. And we're super excited. Well, what's funny too, we got in contact very first because I made this post on LinkedIn, how to get on 100 podcasts this year. And I gave people the exact mm-hmm. word for word verbatim message that I used. It's like, I'll connect with so many podcasters. And then I just look up podcast hosts in the search and I'll say, hey, Hala, so grateful to be connected with such a well-rounded fellow podcaster like yourself. Cheers and be well, Jordan. And I gave that away to people and it works for me all the time. Like I can, whenever I want to get on five podcasts in a week, like that's what I know to do. And I just go do that. And I put that out there. I was like, you know what? I'm going to share that. And I put it out there. And you said 
eight people came to you with that. I got the same message eight times, <laughs> word for word. Even the cheers was the same. And I was like, what? And so I got like three messages like that. And I was like, okay, this is a little strange. And then like the fourth, fifth, sixth. And I was like, where is this coming from? So finally I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, like, where are you getting this language from? Because I've been getting the same message. And then he linked me to your post. And it was the first time I ever saw Jordan or heard of Jordan. And I saw him like, oh my God, this podcaster has so much engagement. I thought me and Mark Metry were the only cool podcasters on LinkedIn. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, okay, he's like really legit. He's probably more popular than me. I'm going to ask him on my show. So I did. And then he asked me on his show and, you know, the rest is history. So yeah. here we are. Funny way, funny way. Cool. So Jordan, you are 21 years old. You're a buzzing and up and coming podcaster. I think, you know, iTunes categories have been shifting, but I think you're like top 10 training or previously was. So training is a subcategory of education that is unfortunately going away. And I'd always be top 10. I went as high as number three there. But my real claim to I don't want to use the word fame, but my real claim is number 15 in the entire education category, which is Apple's, I believe, second or third most competitive category. And of course, that is not going away. And I was right there with Tony Robbins. I think I was ahead of Tom Bilyeu, Jim Quick. Nice. But I was thrilled to see that because I had been hovering in top 30 for quite some time. And then I was, you know, I saw one that I was was at 23. And then I was at 15. I was like, holy crap, this is pretty cool. And that was a little less than a month ago. Yeah. And so for our listeners who aren't too familiar with iTunes categories, they like greatly fluctuate. One day, for example, I'll be number like eight in training. And then, you know, if I don't put an out an episode in a week or so, I'll be like dropped down to 50 or something like that. So it always right. fluctuates. So Jordan's saying he, he made it to the top 15 in education. Yeah. And guess what got me to number 15? Guess what episode came out that day? Dan Locke? Hala Taha. No. Nope. It was Hala. No. I swear to God. <laughs> oh my god you not? that's crazy i should get a credit on your line for every time you say that like uh-huh. because of halataha i was number 15 exactly. that's funny and you put it in slack then yap society on slack which i'm a part of people should join that <laughs> as well and you blasted it out on linkedin so appreciate you hala Oh, my God. It was because we tag teamed. That's mm. why. So hopefully your episode brings me to the top exactly. 15, which I've never been in the education category. Let's see. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. All right. So let's get into you. Let's focus on you. Okay. So you're 21 years old. You're an up-and-coming podcaster. You're confident. You're well-spoken. You're hardworking. From my understanding, though, I listened to your audiobook. Uh-oh. You weren't like this growing up at all. Right. Mm -hmm. You were almost the opposite of who you are today. So tell us what you were like in high school and growing up. Yeah, what's funny, I'm the son of a general surgeon and a nurse. You can kind of guess how they met. And then my uncles are chiropractors, so they're doctors as well. So health was my first love, and it's really my roots, and there's so much to that. But in the beginning, we'll start all the way in the beginning, and I was like four years old, and I was going to therapy for what they would call sensory issues. Like I would cry at the drop of a hat, a loud noise, something just silly, silly stuff. I was very sensitive. And, and I was a very difficult child to raise. But, you know, got over that. And for a little while, I was the class clown up until fifth, sixth grade was fourth and fifth grade was my peak of being a class clown. From there, I slowly started to to fade. But mm. I wasn't the most 
shy kid then. And I was a funny guy. Obviously, I, in fourth grade, I won an award the last week of school. It was the Class Clown Award. I was so happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember this one kid, John, that got the most shy award. Oh, and no. I remember the look on his face. He was pissed. <laughs> you know, so I remained that way for another couple of years. And then I get to high school. Good start, right? And I remember there was this girl in my study hall. And I really liked her. She was really cute. And so one way or another, we had a mutual friend that introduced us. And we dated for a little bit. And then when she broke up with me, that was after, you know, like the first couple of months of school. Mm-hmm. It was a day before homecoming, actually. And after she broke up with me, and it sounds so silly saying it, but that kind of sent me into a downward spiral because I'd put all of my happiness in that one bucket, in that one person. Mm. And if you put your happiness in someone else's hands, they can drop it and, well, break it. And that's exactly what happened. And I let everything else spiral. Grades and even my performance in baseball. Nothing was going particularly well. And I'd come home from school and cry and wasn't a happy time. It was a confusing time, like it is for a lot of kids. I mean, look, Hal, it's nothing out of the ordinary for a 14-year-old, 15-year-old high school kid at all. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty normal thing, but it impacted me. And I struggled to find friends. I had this one friend, Peter, who throughout the entirety of high school, that was my only friend that I would hang out with consistently. I didn't hang out with anyone else ever outside of school. And I never once had even a lunch with him, no classes, not even a lunch. So I was kind of left to fend for myself. And there would be days that I would not even talk. And then I eventually, I was talking to a vegan Olympian who suffered through eating disorders in her 20s yesterday. And, uh, you know, how with eating disorders, you can kind of make it a game. Mm -hmm. But I was starting to make not talking a game so that at the end of the day, I could get home and feel sorry for myself. Right. I could feel that much more sorry for myself because I didn't Mm. talk that day. And so slowly things start to get a little bit better. I start participating in things more. I started making these decisions without hesitation towards the end of my junior year of high school. I just I'd never been too involved. But my friend and I said, hey, we'll do track. Let's run track. And and we did that and we weren't very good at it. But I'm very glad that we did it. And then senior year, we said, hey, let's figure out how to get on the football team. Like, I don't even recall Mm. deliberating this. We just decided we were going to make it happen. We made this decision without hesitation and didn't let us talk ourselves out of it, which often happens when you think too much about things and you procrastinate and wait for the perfect moment. Yeah. But we just did it. And even though we were called gay every day, looking back in hindsight, it was a good experience. At the time, it kind of sucked. But I'm glad that we did it. And this, again, laying the foundation for making these decisions. And I get to college and I run for president of my residence hall over eight people. I I found out you could do such a thing. And I'm like, I'll figure out how to win later. I'm just going to sign up for this right now. And I did it and I won. And that was a great experience. Yeah, it was very cool. And then I was a student athlete out of nowhere. I made that decision without hesitation. The opportunity to become a, and I know you're a cheerleader as well. We bonded over this a little while ago. I was a male cheerleader of all things on that (laughs) team. And it was, that was one of the coolest things I had ever done. I'm still synthesizing the lessons from that. So it's hard to talk about it, but, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but Making decisions without hesitation led me from the shy kid one day to 
all of a sudden I was cool for the first time in a mm. really long time. Yeah. And I had things going on. Like I wasn't a high school loser anymore. I wrote this paper and my mentor, Steve Jordan, the celebrity trainer who's trained Jordan Belfort, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and owners of Fiji Water and Wonderful, those brands. And I presented him this paper that I had written on health. And he said, you need to start sharing this stuff. You should start a blog. And I said, okay, December 2nd of 2016, jordanparishealth.com is now up. And of course, it's now jordanparis.com. But those were the early days where I started figuring out what people liked and what people didn't like. And by what people liked, I mean, five people read it or zero people read it. <laughs> that was the, mm -hmm. Those were the early days. And I was writing once a week and people didn't really care. It was a good foundation. And that's the same thing with the book and podcast. People ask me all the time, why did you start this podcast? When, yeah. how, what? And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for it. that. I just did it because yeah. I've conditioned myself to make decisions without hesitation because the more time that I have to think about something, the more likely I am to overthink it and probably blow it. And that's everything from book, podcast, everything I just mentioned to approaching a beautiful woman across the room. Yeah. If I give myself too much time to think about it, I'm going to blow it. And show, the person across the room would probably think you're creepy. You'd be looking at them too much too if you think about it too much. But that's very important to note, Hala. This is what it is for me. When I'm on other podcasts and I talk about this concept, this is the example I use. I point to my friend Hala Taha and I look at her first episode. From day one, your podcast was so perfect, the most valuable piece of content out there. It was it was about like how to talk to anyone. And the next two were on parts one and two of learning about cryptocurrencies and crypto technologies. Yeah. And, and I could not believe how well done it is. If you look at my episode one through 64, <laughs> you're like, this is horrible. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> because I made the decision without hesitation. It was a minimum viable product. And mm -hmm. I did that because that's what works for me. And if I were to try and make it as perfect as you, I can't say the Growth Mindset University, the podcast would have existed. So Yeah, we have so much in common. So mm. my dad's a general surgeon too. Well, he's retired Wait. now, but everybody in my family is a doctor except for me. That's for similarity. Wow. Also in high school, I wouldn't say I was a loser. Like I definitely had friends, but I was not who I am today. Whereas you did things without hesitation and actually made the football team. I never made anything. I was in the play, but like I was never the lead. You know, tried out for the volleyball team and I never made it. But I was always the type of person that would just keep trying and keep trying. What? <laughs> I ran for president my freshman year of college and I did not get it. But in college is when everything started to fall into place. Not to toot my own horn, but I was like so popular in college. I was the star of like every play. I made it on the cheerleading team. That's when everything started to fall into place. Like I landed an internship at Hot 97. And it's so funny because definitely the most visible person out of my whole grade, you know, on social media and things right now. I wonder what they're thinking. Like, how did Halataha uh, become this girl? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so funny. All right. So let's talk about growth mindset. Your book and your podcast is called Growth Mindset University. So what is your definition of growth mindset exactly? Well, the definition of growth mindset is the same across the board. It's that you can improve anything with effort. If I don't know something, I can surely learn it. That's all it means. 
Got it. And so in your book, you outline 50 principles of growth mindset. So what would you say your top two or three? Oh my gosh, Hala, that's a really tough one. You got to dig deep. You wrote it in a book. I wrote it in a book a year and a half ago. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> okay, well, Hold on a second. there's Hold so on. many. You could say <laughs> anything. You have 50 options. Well, live by design, I see here. And I've manifested that in the form of don't make a living design a life. And so there are three criteria in which I design my life around. And that is very much like David Meltzer's mission statement, mm -hmm. make a lot of money, help a lot of people have a lot of fun. So if a specific activity comes across my desk and it doesn't fit at least one of those three criteria, if not two, I either don't do it at all or I outsource it. And so in this way, with this grand filter over your life of don't make a living design a life. Mm -hmm. I've designed the life of my dreams, a life with a lot of joy and fulfillment in every single day, a lot of fun, helping and money, because those are my criteria and everything fits those criteria. Cool. And something that I've heard you talk a lot about, I think you wrote a blog about it, is the difference between motivation and inspiration. And I thought this was really cool. And I'd love for you to share that with our listeners. Wow, you you dig really deep. That was another one that's probably a really long time ago. We could be approaching two years on that one. <laughs> You're good. Do you huh? remember I, what it was it about? Oh, I do, of course. Motivation is something that pushes you. And that's the way I view it. I view inspiration as something that's internal. Motivation is external and inspiration is internal and it pulls you like a magnet towards your dreams. Mm -hmm. That's how I can explain it the simplest. Yeah. So like motivation is an external reward. I think you made an example, if I can remember correctly, about money. Like money motivates you, but it doesn't inspire you because that's an external reward, right? Right. That's exactly it. Like we just talked about in high school, you weren't the most confident guy, but you ended up becoming more confident. And a quote that I read in your book that I thought was really a good one to remember is that to increase confidence, increase competence. Exactly. So could you just break down your perspective on confidence and how you believe that it's more of a learned trait than something that you're born with? Absolutely. When I didn't know how to talk to people, right? I Well, I was in high school and I wasn't talking to people and then I get to college and I want to talk to people and I realize, huh, kind of don't know how and I'm not very good at this. And even though I was you know, popular for the first time, I was still having way too many grossly unfulfilling social interactions where I'd walk away and be shaking my head and be like, God, why'd you do that? Why'd you say that? And so I knew, knew I needed to increase my confidence. I needed to increase my competence and that took the form of... Vanessa Van Edwards. I studied everything that she did. I listened to her on every podcast interview she's ever done. And I read her book, Captivate the Science of Succeeding with People. And Jordan Harbinger as well, who I'll be talking with tomorrow, funnily enough. I've had Vanessa Van Edwards on the podcast as well. And Jordan Harbinger, listening to a bunch of interviews that he's been in. You can't listen to all interviews with Jordan because he's been on countless, countless number. Mm. So instead of laying in my bed, sitting back and crying about it, that I couldn't talk to people. I laid in my bed, cried, and then got up and did something about it and took control. And naturally, as I increased my competence and as I would learn things from Vanessa and Jordan and then read about it and hear it and then 
go out into the real world and test it in the field because that's what life is when you leave the four walls of your home. I go out and there's a bunch of people and I have to test this stuff. I have to use this stuff. And so I started having much more fulfilling social interactions and I was getting so much better at talking to people and it transitioned to just being a much better salesman as well. Mm -hmm. Sales is life, I feel like. And the language that you use is so important. And learning from people like Chase Hughes as well. Chase Hughes definitely helped me a lot with the way he taught double binding questions. I know you've had Chase, our mutual friend yep. on the podcast. Episode number eight. Episode eight. I knew it as well. Yeah, I was going to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love this podcast. And so my confidence is with talking to people now is way higher than it was even two years ago yeah. because I put in the work to make it that way. Exactly. Cool. And that's why nothing should be scary. Everything should be something that you just like, okay, well, I'm starting at the bottom of the learning curve and I've got to work my way up to the top. And, and once you do that, you'll be confident. Right. And that's what it was with the podcast in the beginning as well. You can see that learning curve where in the beginning I was not confident at all. And you can just hear it in the way I speak from episode one to episode 128. There's a big difference. And mm -hmm. people that have listened to both are like, oh, wow. Yeah. Even with me, everybody says my episode number one was amazing out the gate. But even with me, I think that I've definitely improved since the beginning. And I had radio experience, but it's just a different type of show, a different type of format, everything. And practice makes perfect. It's an old saying, but it's true. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about your podcast. Okay. Let's go deep into like everything about Growth Mindset University podcast. So when you came up with the idea, how long did it take before you launched? And did you prep at all before you launched or you just no. did it? No prep. <laughs> yeah. Took zero days to launch. April 17th of 2018 was the day that the first episode came out. Mm. The only reason I know that is because that's what the, the podcast directories say what happened. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd have no idea. Again, it was those decisions without hesitation that are in effect here and which is the reason why I don't remember. I don't remember any of these things. I don't remember when it was we decided to play football or track or this or that, the other thing. Like it just happened. You I just did it. Right. You just were like, I'm going to get this equipment. I'm going to record my first episode. I'm going to put it out, figure out how to do it and did it. Yeah. yeah. I, I got this blue Yeti microphone. I don't even know how I found it and it's still here with me today. And of course I have a bunch of other equipment now too, but, but that's the thing. I, I grow as I go. I figure things out along the way. Yeah. And then was it very successful when you first started? Like no. when is it that you felt like you started to build traction and how did you build that traction? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, in the beginning it was half of like the end of May, 2018. And then like into June, it was like that week. It was probably like May 27th to June 3rd. I think it was. In that week, I had a total of nine downloads. And that was oh, about God. a month. It was about a month and a half. Damn, after. I was better than you then. <laughs> well, I started off I better than you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's no surprise. It was so good, Hala. I mean, anyone that's who's listening to this who's also heard your episode one is like, oh, duh. It's just such a shareable piece of content. And Hala, I go on people's podcasts and I talk about your podcast and somebody interviewed me the other day and or the other week and said you know Jordan I yeah you got this great podcast I want to know what's your favorite podcast and I said 
Halataha, Young and Profiting. And I gave the Aww, whole spiel. Oh, you're like, so sweet. You're like <laughs> the best. Well, thank you. But I started to get some traction when I started posting to LinkedIn, right? Before I was posting to LinkedIn, it was like my marketing strategy was the ifttt.com, if this, then that, automatic posting that would mm-hmm. post the link automatically to LinkedIn, Facebook, and I would probably just put something maybe on my Instagram story or whatever. And the message, the default message that IFTTT would put is enjoy the latest ideas from Growth Mindset University. Mm. Enjoy. And it'd be like a link and that's it. Like who cares? Yeah, I got the answer you're going to have you. to do more than that. <laughs> Nobody cares. Exactly, Hala. And so when I started to create content on the various social media platforms and and Facebook ad spend and getting into all that stuff and just taking a different route with my marketing, a different approach to it. And I started getting tens of thousands of views on videos. And some days I got back to back days on LinkedIn, 75,000 video views on these two videos. And, Mm. And so things started to compound from there when I started doing that October, November, 2018. It's just been a, it's been a progression. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You wanna get them in the right mindset. You wanna cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who wanna try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. 
I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm gonna like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. So do you have marketing experience? Do you know how to do graphic design? Basic. And like, how did you come up with your marketing strategy? And are you like a one-man show or do you outsource? Yeah, that's something that I'm doing right now. I'm building the team and I've got now two people and it's pretty exciting. I've got a video guy who's very talented, but I have basic design skills with Photoshop. I mean, the videos that I put up or with, you know, my audiogram videos and the, mm -hmm. with the Photoshop template that I use, I mean, I made it once forever ago. And now I just replace the independent variables like the name, mm -hmm. the social handle, the the picture and the episode number. Yep. And I feel like I hit it out of the park with the template that I use. I'm working on getting some new templates right now because something you have to think about as well is the stimuli can become saturated and people will see things yeah. and be like, oh, I already saw this. And so I'm now everybody's audiogram looks the same. Right. So we have to I think <laughs> right. We have to get a lot better now. And there's a lot of things you can do. I like to make mine super fast paced and have as many attention grabbing things on the screen as possible. Mm -hmm. The words that come on the screen that pop up on the screen like is very fast paced. And if you see my audiograms, you'll see what I mean. And I just need to stack the deck in my favor to 
grab as many people's attention as I can so that I can funnel them into the podcast, then funnel them to my lead magnet. And from there, progress them through this learning journey that is my funnel. And yeah. Very cool. I want to point out to everyone. So I get people asking me all the time, like, can you tell me how to launch a podcast? Can you tell me your tips to launch a podcast? It's like, it's, it's equally as hard to promote your podcast as it is to produce. And you not only have to get the skills as far as hosting, production, audio editing, all those things, how to put it up on iTunes, you also need to build your marketing skills. It, it's not going to work without both. Right. I see people like just post a picture on Instagram, like new podcast alert. And I was like, two likes. It was like, that. <laughs> you can't. And that's the extent of what they do can't do that yeah. you, you gotta get what's creative the point here. what's the point what's the point of putting out so much effort into your podcast and then nobody sees it you know it's really a twofold thing i think as podcast as like totally a marketing thing honestly because mm. i think that without the social media promotion you have nothing in my opinion unless you're already famous that's a different story. People right. are going to be looking for you anyway. You have a following anyway. If you're already famous, that's a different story. But if you're like just starting out, you have no following, like you have to use social media and, and tactics online to get your podcast visible. The only reason why my podcast is semi-successful is because of LinkedIn right now. Mm -hmm. It's because I've managed to unlock LinkedIn. I've managed to unlock a following and a lot of people see my posts and all my downloads like correlate with when I post on LinkedIn. I definitely have I have steady following now, but like I get peaks every time I put up a post, you know, and it's like so I know it's working. And that's what I think that a lot of people are missing from their podcast strategy. Exactly. People look to Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan when they're starting a podcast like, oh, my God, look at this potential. What they forget to realize is they had built-in audiences. Tim Ferriss had two New York Times bestsellers under his belt before he started his podcast. Joe Rogan yeah. was like a superstar already as well. He's on TV and his W. Exactly. Right? Like they had built-in audiences. And so don't trick yourself if you're just starting a podcast and you think it's you build it and they will come. No, 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 no. You got to build it and do a ton of you gotta work spoon and get feed really it to people. savvy with marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So what's the most challenging part of running your podcast right now? Mm. Well, that's a good question. I think for me, I get this performance anxiety mm. before an interview, no matter who it is, whether it's Naveen Jain or James Altucher or Hala Mark Taha. Manson or, or if it's <laughs> regular yeah, Halataha. Or if it's just like my good buddy, Brian Ford, you know? Oh, yeah, who you know as well. Yeah. It's the same feeling that I get. Wow. It starts to set in about, I'd say, 12 hours before the interview. I'm and, surprised. Right. It comes from me really wanting to show up well for them and yeah. make a good impression, even if I already know them like they're yeah. entering my podcast world and i really just i want to be good for them and i want to show up well for my listeners and provide them to use the cliche word value and exactly i just want to come from a good place and but you know what happens five minutes in we get on the line or we sit down in person and we're five minutes in and i'm like oh oh this is great i'm prepared because proper preparation prevents poor performance like I'm good. I already put in the work. I don't even have to worry. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to 
I've been trying to figure it out. I've been thinking it through in my head. What mindset do I need? How do I need to approach going into a podcast to get rid of this performance anxiety? Yeah. You know what I do if I feel nervous? Yeah. I do power posing. If I have a really, really big, like for you, I'll be honest, I wasn't nervous. <laughs> but like for Stephen Kotler, I was super nervous mm. just because I've been wanting him on the show forever. And I just had it built up in my head. I'll just make sure before the interview, I put my hands on my hips and I stand up like Superman and I'm like, I'm the best podcaster in the world. Or like, I'll say like anything to boost my confidence up. Just affirmations, anything to just put me in a positive mindset. So like, I just am super focused because you can really screw up if you're feeling nervous and then it's not good for your guests, the audience, anybody. So I would definitely try power posing. It works. I'm going to try it. (laughs) Let's talk about monetization. Oh, good. I want to know. Have you monetized your podcast? Because this is your full-time gig, right? Yeah, I am. I still have a few PT clients, personal training clients, because that's, see, that's where I said health being my first love. Like, there's a lot that goes into that. And Mm. when I was 19, I got a National Academy of Sports Medicine uh, certification in personal training, and I have in-home clients. So, but the podcast, yeah, you can absolutely monetize it, and you should, and I would even call it building a business around your podcast you know so many people think that like the the sexy idea is oh i'm gonna get all these sponsorships and have all this ad revenue and yeah that's great but i don't think that's the only way and i don't think it's the most effective model Mm -hmm. either like what if they don't re-up with you either too your sponsors and so when you build a high performing funnel around your podcast you make the podcast part of your funnel so i take people from linkedin hala and i funnel them in to the podcast every post that i make just about every post mentions growth mindset university and for that reason the growth mindset university company page on linkedin has like 1400 followers now which is pretty cool and so i've taken people from linkedin to the podcast everything mentions the podcast from the podcast, what do I mention in my introduction? I mention Podcast University, which is my totally free resource that solves for all the unknown variables of podcasting, which all the things that I wish I knew when I first started podcasting mm. and the things that I wish people told me. And it's, you know, right now it's just a, it's a blog post where you go there and you, of course you have to, it's a restricted post. You have to enter your email. It's all the tools that I use, everything. And it helps a lot of people. Now, This is becoming, though, a free course. Podcast University is a free hour-long video course. It is very professionally done. And even though I can charge a lot of money for it, and the lessons in there can make you so much money, I'm going to give it away for free. And at the end of that, I mean, that leads to my power hour. Like, if we want, you know, all the things that we talked about today, Hala, if you want to put this down on paper and you want me to help build you a strategy For you personally, so that you can build a business around your podcast and make this your full time, then we can do that. This is what my power hour is for. And at the end of that power hour, you know, I give you all the strategies. This is all down on paper, all the tools. You're all set up for success. And hey, if you want to do it yourself, that is fine. You can totally do it yourself. There's nothing stopping you. And I'll give you lightweight support along the way. I'll be there to help you. However, If you want us to do this for you, and this is why I'm building the team, and this is why I now have two people besides me, if you want us to do this for you, all of the marketing for you, the Facebook ad spend, the strategy there, 
the videos, the audiograms, the design and the post-production, if you want us to take care of that for you, then, oh my gosh, like we'll totally do it for you. Like if you're a busy person, you're a serious professional podcaster, but you have other things going on as well. Maybe it's a really successful, busy business person mm-hmm. and they don't have time to like sit around and create audiograms, Hala. <laughs> like they just don't. Yeah. So we take care of that for you. Again, you can do it yourself, but we can implement all this done for you. And it's a, it's a great, it's a great process. And so it's an iterative approach where one thing leads to another. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you were offering podcast services. That's really cool. You're like a podcast agency. Exactly. Very cool. So you've interviewed several people on the show, Kevin Rudolph, David Meltzer, who is on my show, Mark Manson, Rachel Starr, Dan Locke. These are like huge names. Who is your favorite so far? Mm. Well, there's a couple, of course, the James Altucher run in, in New York City in front of a live audience of about 20 people was so so cool, so different and fulfilling. And I got to shake the hands of real listeners. Like it was, they're no longer numbers and faceless people. Like they're real people. And one of them picked me up from the airport. That's awesome. Shout out to Janayad. And you can, you can visit him at Janayad.com. His name is so unique. It's J-O-N-A-E-D.com. His name is so unique that he literally just bought his name.com. Like imagine if I had Jordan.com. That'd be the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. Of course, Jordan's shoes prevent that from happening. <laughs> but that was such a fulfilling interview. And we talked about all of my favorite things, like why formal education is a huge scam and all that kind of stuff. And it was almost two hours long with a 30-minute Q&A session. It was great. Even my parents and my grandmother was there too. So it was good to see both of those worlds colliding for me. Yeah. But besides that one yes the mark manson one was really good content wise but yeah i want to point to kevin rudolph with surely if you're not recognizing the name kevin rudolph and you're hearing this if you go hear his song let it rock i'd be shocked if you didn't hear it because it was one of the biggest songs out in 2008 it was like everyone's anthem and it's still my anthem however with the relationship that i've developed with kevin since that podcast has ended it has been the coolest thing. Kevin Rudolph is like my number one fan right now. Like it's the coolest, yeah. it's the coolest thing in the world. He comments on my post. I'm listening to a Kevin Rudolph song. I'm listening to I Made It. I'm listening to like his new stuff that he's got. He's had a couple of new singles come out in the past year. And I'm listening to his music and I get a notification on my phone. And, oh my and what do you know? It's Kevin. And that is not uncommon. And in fact, it's very common. And I, I'll, it's like, oh, two new messages from Kevin Rudolph. We're friends on Facebook. He follows two of my Twitter accounts. He follows me on Instagram, literally everywhere. And he, he likes everything. And he messes. It's just so... So cool that this guy with my iPod touch on the bus as a you know, 10, 11, 12 year old listening to his first couple of albums on the way to school. I never could have imagined that 10 years later, I would one, interview him on something called a podcast that I didn't even know what it was at that time, of course. Mm-hmm. And two he'd be like my biggest fan and we're friends and i'm gonna be in miami real soon and i'll meet up with him and shake his hand and we'll hang out and that's cool he's only a hop skip and jump away two hours away from me in miami and i'm in fort myers so just uh really cool and i've replicated this relationship on the podcast 
many times over. I mean, you see you and I. Yeah. Uh, this is what I love about it. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so funny how a person can go from somebody that like you're targeting to interview, then you finally get to interview, then you become like friends and then they almost become your right. mentor, you know? And this has happened to me so many times and like people get so impressed with my show with the amount of research and the promotion that then they just keep trying to stay in touch and then they want to come back on and like it's just like a whole cycle. Really quick, I do want to share with my listeners a lesson which is basically that when you meet somebody who has a lot of similar interests or are doing like similar work as you are, you have two choices. You can either collaborate or compete. And mm. that's always something that you have to remember. And with me and Jordan, we could have easily been like, oh, we're in like the same lane. We're both trying to do it on LinkedIn, you know. F out of here. I'm not going on his podcast. Or, Jordan could have said the same thing to me. Or heck, making introductions. Look at the introductions we've made for each other. Yeah. We've tag teamed on guests. For example, I helped Jordan get Naveen Jain on his show and he helped me get Dan Locke on our show, who's going to be an upcoming guest. And now we're just going to do that. So now we've like broadened our network twofold, basically, and all the work that we both did for the past year or so, we're putting it together and now going to make introductions. And because I know that Jordan has a great quality podcast, and he knows the same of mine, it's like no sweat to make an introduction, you know, that it's going to be good hands, you know, so exactly, and it's just yes, amazing it comes down to I love you say collaborate or compete. It comes down to a mindset of abundance or a mindset of scarcity. And I know other podcasters, Hala, who I have relationships with that are very, very protective over their guests. And if mm -hmm. I had, there was a, there's been a couple of times with this one person that if I interview someone that's been on his show, he gets very upset. He gets, he actually gets upset. What? Yes. And I can't figure it out. It's like, the way he explains it, it's like, it's like, okay, but it's like, dude, there's enough out here for everyone. Like, yeah, that's a limited scarcity mindset that he's coming from. And, and a lot of people that aren't willing to make introductions because like, look how much it's going to be, you know, propelling me if, if he makes this introduction to me, but guess what? A rising tide lifts all boats. So that's why you and I win. Young and profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. And so far, I've generated well over $500,000. And the best part is, I didn't have to figure out how to set up my mastermind subscriptions, how to do abandoned cart targeting, and all of that tech geeky stuff. I just left that all to Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And if you're in that I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify magic is your AI superpowered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell anything anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to the other options out there. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, including huge global brands like Allbirds and Thrive Cosmetics. It took me a day to set up my Shopify store. I set up chat, took two minutes, and I was done. 
One month from thinking of the idea to implementation, a year later, I've made half a million dollars on the idea. That's what it takes in 2024, just a good idea. And then utilizing a platform like Shopify that can help you make it a reality. There is no excuse these days. If you've got a good business idea and you think you'll be a good entrepreneur, you don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to be super techie. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Exactly. And I think it's also important to know, me and you, we were at a good place to collaborate with each other Mm -hmm. because we were getting the same level of guests. I know you could introduce me to like a level of guests that I know I can introduce you to. It's like an equal swap. So I think it gets tricky when I guess you can't become a collaborator with somebody who's like way more popular with you, like you provide them no value, you know? So I think that it's really good to find people who are on your level and make a connection with them and then pull your resources together. And soon enough, you'll both be at another level, you know? So right. example of that is you see people and I'm sure you get this all the time. Hey, let's do a podcast swap. I'll come on your podcast. You come on mine. And I, I know. And I go and look at their podcast. And the people that say that, I go to look at their podcast and it says, not enough ratings. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm sitting here with 200 plus and freaking crushing it with the guests that I have. And it's just like, not quite a fair trade. Nice try, buddy. But that's, I know. Yeah, that's a taker. That's a taker for sure. I he, know. Right, and he knows it. Yeah. And same thing with people asking to come on the show. Mm. I get 10 messages a day. Can I come on your podcast? Or like, and they don't even ask, can I come on your podcast? They're like, oh, I'd love to be on your show. When can we set it up? Like, and it's like, uh, yeah. Have you seen the people on my show? Like not to be mean, but like, I feel the same way. You have like two likes on your posts and you're not even asking me or telling me anything about yourself. You're just saying like, when can we set it up? No credibility. Yeah, that irks me because it makes me feel like I can't have a regular connection with that person anymore. Like we're connected now. Now they asked me to be on their podcast. Now I'm in a weird place because I never told them I was looking for podcast guests and they're clearly not at the same caliber of the other guests on my show. And now I have this like weird connection with someone. Yeah, it's so it's so funny. Someone did the exact same thing to me the other day. Like, like, hey, love to come on your podcast. Sent me this really long message of like, fake credentials, just fluff stuff, like all hype, life coach type. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sorry, you know, I, I can't do this right now. And and he goes, what? You're not looking for guests? And I'm thinking to myself, like, uh, obviously, I'm looking for guests. I run an interview show. So I said, sir, I literally said, sir, I am. It's not a fit at the current moment. That's it. And uh, it's, just, it's people are very presumptive. Yeah. <laughs> I just blame it on Hisham now. I'm like, oh, I'm going to forward you. <laughs> I always say this. I'm going to forward your stuff to my oh, producers yeah. and I'll get back to you, you know? And I do have them go through my messages and see. They do review it, but that kind of gets me off the hook. Yep. Any email that comes to me that's asking to be on the show or even like the pitch services, you know, like interview connections and whatnot, it's always someone else responding to it and not me. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your book really quick. And then we're going to be up on time. But I do want to give you a chance to talk about your book. If you want to just share that with our listeners. 
Ah, uh, you know, I wrote the book, at, uh, and I talk like I'm really old, but I'm not. I'm 21. <laughs> I wrote the book when I was 20 and a half, and and I've changed so much since then. That's <laughs> don't even <laughs> read his book. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, look, look, I don't recommend my book for people who have read 50 books. It's like Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within. If it is the 50th book you read, it's not gonna do anything for you. And I know people that have said that about Awaken the Giant Within for that reason. And if it is the first book you're reading, like it was for me, Awaken the Giant Within, it will absolutely change your life. And so my book is quite similar. And I suspect that an audience of podcast listeners, especially listeners of your show, are not exactly the beginner type and they are avid readers and they get it. So I would direct people to my next book is, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be yet, but I'm writing something right now. Who knows if it'll be published because that's what happens sometimes. You start writing something and you abandon it and it's just mm-hmm. not the right time. But I would highly recommend that people check out Podcast University that solves for all the unknown variables of podcasting, jordanparis.com slash PU. If you're a podcaster, then come join me. Like I want to learn with you and I can. there's so much, again, that I wish I knew that I now know that I can prevent so much lost time and money and mistakes and embarrassment Yeah. if you just go to jordanparis.com slash PU for free access to Podcast University. And who knows, by the time that this is up, that link may redirect to the full video course. If not, then you'll at least have all the tools there. Yeah. And I can highly recommend Jordan as somebody that you want to look for for podcast advice. Like His podcast is one of the best that's out there right now in terms of marketing, in terms of content and his quality of show, how he gets his guests, his website, A plus quality. So I could definitely recommend if you're looking to start a podcast to go check his stuff out. And I will say I listened to your book and it was good. So don't downplay it too much. And I would definitely recommend it if you have like a, you know, a strong struggling younger brother or sister like I see it really working really nice for like a teenager in high school who's like looking to get out of their shell I think that's a really great book for them yeah thank you it's it's an interesting relationship I have with the book like I'm not the biggest fan of it but I still get (laughs) messages that are like oh my god I love this oh my gosh and and I'm like oh (laughs) but it's I have to get over it (laughs) yeah question this is like personal curiosity I knew it was on Audible, and I was so curious. How was that process like to do it on Audible? Mm. Yeah, it was quite the process, uh, so much so that I recorded it around the time that I published it on May 17th of 2018. By the way, I'm a dates guy. Like, I'll just ask (laughs) me for a date of any event. I'll remember it. Maybe your listeners have noticed because I've referenced dates a couple of times. And I recorded it around that time in 2018, and I had this whole four-and-a-half-hour audio book just recorded as a file on my computer about like half a gigabyte and I never did anything with it and I realized that you had to break it up into chapters because you can't just upload the entire file in one full swoop it has to be in like you know like chapter one is 20 minutes and so I had to break it up that way and I was like you know what I am not doing that I'm gonna pay someone to do it and coincidentally your sponsor of the podcast shout out to them Fiverr I hired somebody on there to <laughs> format it for an audiobook. And so he did it for me. And then I just uploaded it into acx.com. It is, is of course, an Amazon owned thing that'll put it right on Audible cool. within two weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know what? You really inspired me. This year, before the end of 2019, I'm going to get more into videos. And 2020, I'm writing a book. That's my goal. Yes. Just so so you know. Set it out loud. 
I realized just now, as you say that, that I have not seen a selfie video from you. So, so when we are together in New York next week, we are going to be doing a video. That's what I do to people. I'm like, you ever done a video before? People are like, no. And I said, take your phone out. <laughs> and yeah. I, so, so you're, you're, it's going to happen to you next week. Get ready for it. I used to do videos all the time, but like for some reason lately, I don't know what it is. I just like don't have the urge to do videos and I'm just so busy, but I need to do it. I, I think that's the one thing that I could definitely improve on. So yeah, thanks for inspiring me both on video and the book. You're welcome. Your profile views will multiply by five, Hala, I promise you. Okay. I got to get to it. All right, Jordan. So where can our listeners go to find out more about you and everything that you do? Well, hey, of course, jordanparis.com slash PU for Podcast University. Again, solving for all the unknown variables of podcasting. But also, I mean, once you're there on my website, I mean, all the social media handles are there. If you really are interested in stalking me, I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you're not. It's totally okay if you want to stalk me and I'll respond to messages. But it's all on the footer of my website, every social handle. And I'm very, very responsive, something I pride myself on right now. JordanParis.com slash EP99 for the episode with Mark Manson or slash Manson, whatever is easy, easy for you to remember. I love to point people to that episode just because Mark is, I mean, Mark's my favorite writer and I just, he really showed up well. I mean, he was so into it. I, I was like, wow, <laughs> he's taking me so seriously. I know. I love it. You know what I noticed? The more popular a guest the more into it they're going to be. All mm. my guests that were like Chris Voss, David Meltzer, those are my best podcasts because those people were like so into it, you know? And then it's like the people who like didn't really, you know, like the B-listers or whatever. And that's the difference between an A-lister mm. and a B-lister, you know? So They show up. They show up. They're present. They're inspired. They're energetic. All of that. Powerfully present. Yeah. Well, Jordan... I had a great time on this interview. I think my listeners are going to really enjoy a conversation with somebody who I'm actually friends with. We've got so much in common, and it was just such a pleasure to have you. I appreciate your time. Hey, my pleasure, Hala. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Follow Yap on Instagram at Young and Profiting and check us out at youngandprofiting.com. And now you can chat live with us every single day on Yap Society on Slack. Check out our show notes or youngandprofiting.com for the registration link. You can find me on Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Hala Taha. Big thanks to the Yap team for another successful episode. This week, I'd like to give a special shout out to Shiv and Tim. Jordan and I recently met up in person to shoot some LinkedIn tip videos for social. Tim had the initial idea and set the whole thing up, while Shiv helped us on site to produce and record the videos. Thanks for all your hard work, guys. It is so appreciated. And for all those listening, stay tuned for my LinkedIn tip series with Jordan coming soon to a social media site near you. This is Hala signing off.